You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Sonny Ship. both of us under quarantine uh, life as uh, Louisiana on lockdown, Florida on lockdown, uh, everywhere really on lockdown as uh, we await the time when sports can return after the coronavirus uh, stuff subsides. Uh, Sonny, how are you uh, dealing with the lockdown? How are the kids? Well, probably a lot, uh, probably not as good as you because you don't have a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old driving you crazy. <laughs> I think you're, I think, I think you're relegated to dogs, and, and when you get aggravated with them, you can just lock them up. I can't really put my kids in the kennel anymore since social service has already popped me once for that. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, other than that, man, just just trying to make it like everybody else, you know, trying to. Uh, Working from home like we do, it's not really that big of an adjustment from that standpoint. But, you know, for me, the kids are usually home during the summer or on vacations, and and I'm able to kind of plan around that and everything. Whereas with this, it just kind of got tossed in our laps. So, been a little bit of an adjustment from that standpoint. But thank uh, thank goodness for Xbox to keep the to keep Braden occupied, and then. My little girl, she say she she can go outside, keep herself occupied in the backyard and stuff, and she's got her iPad and all. So, moving along, man, moving along, running up those electronic bills. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of electronics, I mean, everybody it seemed like in Louisiana was uh, tuned in last night to uh, the Dome coming game, the first game back in the Louisiana Superdome uh, for the Saints beating up on the Falcons and what was just like probably one of the best Monday night football games I've ever watched. Um, got, took some time, watched some of it uh, last night, really the early going just a, after Devery Henderson uh, scored that uh, touchdown as we were rewatching it uh, on the, on the double reverse. That was when I kind of moved on to other things, but man, that was just such a emotional night. And I, I felt like that was just so well done from the broadcast to the game to pregame and, and everything just what a what a special night that uh we don't normally get to look back on and and relive like that yeah and i think what that was uh in 2006 where were we at were you in dallas were you at sm were you in school at smu or were you back in florida no i was uh freshman year of high school we were actually supposed to or no yeah freshman year of high school yeah okay uh a year removed from we were supposed to go uh to new orleans actually uh, on a family trip the year prior uh over I think um, Labor Day weekend and and obviously uh, you know things happened and um, we weren't able to with, with uh, the hurricane coming in so it was a pretty uh, pretty uh, you know vivid memory watching that game my my folks got engaged in New Orleans so we've always you know had a huge uh, soft spot in our hearts for the the city yeah man and you know and, and being 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 here in Louisiana and. Katrina didn't didn't really do a uh, you know didn't really do a lot of damage to the Baton Rouge area, but uh, my my in laws you know live in Slidell. They had eight feet of water in their house. Basically lost everything except the foundation and the framing. And, and so you know it obviously took a toll on us. My wife and I had been married for two months, and the in laws had to move in with us for four months. 
talk about a transition into married life right there, but such a strange time, you know, it was such a strange time here in Louisiana, getting to see the Saints play in Tiger Stadium, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, that, that a lot of people will always remember, but that first game back, man, on, you know, on that Monday night with, uh, I think it was U2 and their, and their song to kind of bring back the dome and, and just the electricity before that game. And then when, um, you know, when one of the, one of the, you know, the, the greatest, all-time players in Saints history who may not have have you know earned that honor on the field, but certainly earned it off the field. Steve Gleason with everything that he's that he's done to promote his cause, and seeing him block that punt, I mean that's one of the uh, you know that that's just a moment that I don't think anyone could forget right there. And just what a night, you know, what a night and to be able to relive some of that last night. And, and I kind of get a kick at, you know, I'm an old guy and, and you always mess with me about my age, but I kind of get a kick on when they show games like that from, you know, from 13, 14 years ago. And you just see the differences in, in the way that games are, are shown now, the way that, you know, the, the clarity on the screen and things like that. It's just, uh, it's, it's kind of neat to kind of go back in time and see those kind of things for me. Yeah, and I'm with you on on that. I mean, there are so many classics. I mean, uh, I'm a big hockey fan, and I've watched probably five of those like season documentaries that they come out with after a team wins the championship and kind of runs back their their year and how they got there. Some of them are, by the way, the graphics and some of the like intro videos and things like that are just wild to see from like the early '90s, uh, especially pre HD and things like that. But yeah, I mean, last night to to watch that was pretty pretty special. And even Steve Gleason uh, uh, tweeted out uh, and added Jim Mora and, and basically kind of thanked him, you know, for punting. And and uh, you know, if 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 that block punt wouldn't have happened, you know, who knows um, where you know his life goes as far as impacting the world, uh, you know, trying to find a cure for ALS. So um, just uh, like you said, an emotional night. Uh, that that I think a lot of people, at least in Louisiana, enjoyed getting to look back on during this time. But um, we could be very, very uh, you know nostalgic for a while on that topic and uh, look back on that. But let's get back kind of to the present now. And there's a lot of um, you know there was a couple there's a big play by a former Tiger in that game, Devery Henderson. Well, some former Tigers made big news uh, with the NFL All Decade team coming out this week, and that's Tyron Matthew and Pat Pete. Uh, landing on the NFL All-Decade team at uh, defensive back and cornerback, respectively. Ed Ogeron talked about that on uh, Off the Bench this morning uh, with with our uh, friends over there at uh, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and just how uh, you know proud he is to, to have them uh, in the LSU family, but also around. You know, Both Tyron and, and Pat Pete have donated a lot of money to the school and specifically football. So um, I, I couldn't think of uh, two two better guys to to represent uh, LSU uh, and, and and the DBU uh, you know legacy on on that team. Yeah, and I think when you when you when you go back and you look at you look at Tyron, that's probably one of the uh, you know one of the the better all time feel good stories from the Les Miles era. You know, a guy who was a uh, you know was a Heisman Trophy contender one year kicked off the team the following year could have gone down a very very dark path 
like we've seen so many former athletes, you know, take. But instead of that, he turned he turned that 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 tough time that he was going through into a positive, made it into a positive. Uh, you know, the NFL they took a chance on him. They gave him a chance to come in. Gave him a bunch of guidelines. He followed the straight and narrow. Now, I mean, he's he's got you know he's made his money. He donates his money back for good causes. And I just when you you know when you when you look at everything from his you know from what he went through when he was at Saint Dog to LSU to where he is now, probably you know probably one of my one of the top five or top ten all time feel good stories that I think I can point to. Yeah, I completely agree, and and I just think it's cool that both of them, uh, you know, Pat P kind of had his you know dust up with the the PED stuff this year in 2019, but um, just an incredible career for him. I mean, future NFL Hall of Famer, uh, Tyron has you know bet on himself and and won a Super Bowl this year with the Chiefs, so really cool for them to to get those honors, and then um, a couple more honors dished out uh, that are kind of LSU rev- relevant now with the the current team and last year. Derek Stingley Jr. won uh, this honor, which was the top freshman uh, as voted on by college football coaches unanimously um, before the season. So Derek Stingley Jr. won it last year before he went on to be an All-American for LSU. This year, it's uh, Eric Gilbert, the five-star tight end that LSU signed in the 2020 class. He enrolled early. He's the highest rated tight end ever on 24-7 sports. So back-to-back years with the top recruit in the entire country according to college football coaches and i think that's just a testament of what he's going to bring to this offense i agree and spoiler alert here we just did we did a uh, we did our morning buzz this morning on who was going to be our uh, number one instant impact player from the 20 you know from the 2020 class and uh, and gilbert was the guy that i picked i think he's you know obviously with his 6'5 250 pound size he can stretch the field he can he he can he can, he can get separation against some elite cornerbacks, and I just think that he's going to be in line to have a big year for LSU. Um, you know, he may not start right out of the gate, so I think he's probably going to have a really good chance to do that. And I think that he's going to be just a big time security blanket for Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan in his first year as a starter, he likes to go down. He likes to go to his checkdowns. He's not afraid to throw the ball, throw the ball across the middle, being the gunslinger that he is. I just think Gilbert is. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that. A year from now, when we are doing stories on on which five stars lived up to the hype in the 2020 season, I think Gilbert's going to be one of those guys who you know exceeds expectations coming into this year. Yeah, and tight end tight ends a, a hard position to kind of do that with in a way because you've got to settle into your role, you've got to build that chemistry, which they might not have too much time to do uh, this summer. Being apart, you know, with with the whole coronavirus thing, uh, Miles Brennan is 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 at home. Eric Gilbert's back in Georgia working out. I've heard uh, from a source on the ground there that he's in good shape following that shoulder surgery. So that's a good sign. Um, and we mentioned Derek Stingley earlier. Pro Football Focus came out with their top returning SEC players uh, this week. Unsurprisingly for LSU, Derek Stingley named the number one uh, player for LSU and also in the entire SEC. 
Um, I think this sophomore year for him is just going to be even better um, than, than what we saw as a true freshman. And I, I think, you know, maybe we see what happened with, you know, Greedy Williams, his, his interceptions maybe uh, drop off a little bit just because he's not getting targeted as much, but uh, just what a, what a, uh, you know, run he's going to have over the next two years. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when, when, when you have a publications that are trying to determine who's the top returning player when you talk about LSU. Because on one hand, you have Derek Stingley. You flip over to the other side of the ball. You have the Boletnikoff winner in uh, Jamar Chase. Man, that's got to be a uh, that's got to be a tough decision right there when you look at it. But I think I, I think with P, you know, with PFF, you know, if they're if they're having that debate, they go to their grading system and Derek Stingley graded out very very high, um, you know, as far as each game goes and then how he did on the year. But man, could you just? I'd love I'd love to be able to just sit there just for one practice, you know, for 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 Coach O to say no cameras, no tweeting. We're going to let y'all watch one practice and just see the battles that those two have. I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories from both sides, from the Stingley side, from the Chase side. And uh, man, they just say that they are just some that they are just some fun battles to watch in practice. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I would love to be in there and, and see them go to go to war uh, each day in practice. And uh, I mean, it's just got to be, you know, unbelievable. It's kind of at times in recruiting, you you get matchups that you're excited about, you know, whether it be in seven on seven or some of these elite high school matchups that we get to see from time to time. But very rarely do we get to see two, I mean, top five type NFL draft picks, you know, go head to head day after day after day. and um, this is just one of those examples of it. So uh, it's it's going to be fun to to watch, uh, you know, at least for one more year with Chase and then and then uh, uh, and then he'll go on to the NFL draft and then Stingley will be in the 20, uh, 2022 uh, draft. And now, the difference, you know, in one of the, one of the differences is we got to see that, but we got to see him when they were 15, 16, 17 years old. Now we're basically talking about two grown men, you know, physically. They're 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 a lot different than they were back in high school. So now instead of seeing two kids battle and two kids hand fighting, two kids fighting for the ball, like you said, we're looking at two top five future NFL picks who are, uh, you know, as we like to call them, GAMs now. Yeah, yeah. I I remember the first week I moved down to to Baton Rouge a while ago. Now it's uh, Stingley and Dunham was one of the first first places I went and there's some pictures. If you go all the way back, I, I think they made it over in the, the merger when, when scout and 24 seven merged, but there is some, you know, I would say not rail thin Derek Stingley pictures out there, but uh, he was going into, I believe uh, his sophomore year. Um, and, and that was kind of the first time I, I, I was able to get a, a look at him. And so um, there are some good TBTs that are going to be out there uh, when, when he, when, you know, he ends up going to the NFL draft or who knows, wins the Heisman, whatever else he can do in his uh, LSU career, because it's a special one to follow. Uh, one LSU career that is uh, now over, that is James Bishop, the first basketball departure of the offseason. Uh, he really didn't. He played in about half the games. He didn't really have too big of an impact. Um, had some moments where he was able to contribute at a decent level, but ultimately, I think. Uh, with the talent level coming in with Cameron 
Cameron Thomas, five-star shooting guard coming in, Jalen Cook, Eric Gaines. I think he saw the writing on the wall and opted to transfer, and he's headed to George Washington to finish out uh, his college career so he gets back home uh, near uh, the Baltimore area as well. Yeah, and, and you know, and this is my question. You're the you're the basketball expert, uh, you know, out of all of us on the site. So when you look at when you look at James Bishop, you obviously you got to see him in high school. We got to see him a little bit this year in what he played in. Do you think that Eric Gaines and Jalen Cook are major steps up? from where James Bishop, uh, you know, from where James Bishop would be next year? Or do you think that losing Bishop is a, uh, you know, is going to be kind of a step, a step back? I think for next year, Cook with his, with how he's built physically, he's kind of built like Clyde in a way. He's a little taller than Clyde. He's, he's about five eleven, six foot. Um, but he's got that strong lower body. He's got those big calves, um, I think that was part of the issue at times for James Bishop is just how physically ready he was going to be. So I think Cook will be fine in that regard when he comes in um, to, to LSU next year. He'll be physically ready to go. And then with Gaines, just the long-term upside for him is unbelievable. I mean, he's one of the biggest risers in, on 24-7 and nationally for a reason. Um, and, and LSU was able to get him on board very early. Uh, in the process, uh, at least in terms of his visits and things like that, he committed on the spot. So, you know, I think next year Cook will be fine and, and be an upgrade over him because of kind of the physicality that he'll bring from the start. Uh, he he might take a little bit of time to get adjusted to the college level, but that's why you got a non-conference slate. And so uh, I, I feel like uh, it'll pan out and work out okay. Yeah, and for reference, for reference for those who are listening to us right now, uh, or who will be, Jalen Cook, we've got him listed at six foot one eighty, whereas with Eric Gaines, we've got him listed at six three one seventy. So I'm assuming, you know, just from looking at those measurables, never seeing Gaines in person, he's probably a guy who's going to have to come in, who's going to have to benefit from from hitting from hitting those weights and stuff. But it, so is he a guy who is ju- who's just real long and lean for uh for a point guard? He's just super lean right now. Super I mean, lean. He, he, he's got that length for sure. Um, and, and you can kind of live with that, you know, as a college coach. But he's just his frame is, right now is just one where Greg Golden's going to have to. And, and it sucks that, you know, the summer classes are online for LSU. Yeah. This summer, and Ed Ogeron kind of mentioned it. We haven't really gotten a clear answer as far as what they're going to be allowed to do. Um, if like, let's say, you know, everybody gets all clear to go back to workouts this summer or something. But, you know, for LSU, that's going to hurt gains and his ability to, you know, get with Greg Golden, who is, who can, I mean, he took Nas Reed and dropped him down 40 pounds. He's, you know, bulked up Emmett Williams and Javante smart and Skylar Mays. I mean, he just, he's great uh, as a strength and conditioning coach. So um, he's missing out on that this summer. And and that I think kind of hurts him in a way as a freshman, uh, for his first season, at least. Yeah, it's going to, and that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of along the lines I was thinking too, you know, and like, uh, Mawani Wilkinson, another guy, we've got him yep. listed six six one ninety five. I mean, obviously, you know, if he's gonna, you know, if he's going to play on the wing and then he's going to have to get down and he's going to have to battle for some boards too. He seems like another guy who could possibly, um, you know, kind of take a little hit 
if they're not able to get in there in June and really start doing that summer, you know, that summer workout program that leads up to the uh, to the boot camp that Will Wade likes to do. Too, I think Cameron Thomas would be fine. You know, six three, one eighty. He's a shooter. He's a scorer. He's not going to get down there and bang around too much. So I, I don't think Cameron Thomas would be nearly as affected um, by that. But I, I look at Gaines and I look at Wilkinson and, and just that radar goes up right there of, of you wonder if you're not going to be able to get out of them as true freshmen, what you could have gotten had we not gone through this, uh, you know, through this pandemic. Yeah, and no doubt. But one thing that's not slowing down uh, during the pandemic, at least now it's starting to really kind of pick up, is recruiting. We're going to touch on a couple top prospects that trim their list down on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast and talk about what the toughest game for LSU is in 2020. We'll do that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Quick reminder to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want us to cover a certain uh, topic, leave that in your review, and we'll uh, get to it uh, as we continue to navigate uh, quarantine and coronavirus uh, life uh, at this point. Uh, We have tons of time to talk about whatever we want. Uh, Two prospects that we're going to touch on that release their top schools list Five-star outside linebacker Terrence Lewis and uh, five-star outside linebacker Aaron Willis. Uh, two of those guys releasing their top list. Uh, Lewis, really somebody that I think a lot of people were expecting LSU to get on campus this spring. Uh, he is one of the top linebackers in the country. He's the number one linebacker in the country, actually, coming off two ridiculous uh, seasons in 2018-2019. A lot of people think it's going to going to be tough for him to get out of Florida. Uh, Alabama certainly, uh, you know, one to watch uh, as always with a lot of these top prospects, but um, Lewis is really, uh, really talented, Sonny. And if they can get this dead period to be lifted at some point, uh, he'll be one where LSU will have a shot to uh, recruit and go after. Yeah. And he's a guy, he, he's a guy that, that I actually included in my class predictions that we did, uh, towards the, uh, towards the end of March, kind of our, our 1.0, our, our, our first set of class predictions that we're going to do every month. And, and a big reason that I did that was because he had stated, you know, he had stated several times that, you know, he was trying to get over to LSU. He was trying to get over in the spring, he was supposed to, uh, you know, he's trying to get over with the seven on seven team. 
he was they kind of making you know making plans to go to camp assuming that we will have the the summer camps the elite camp in june at lsu and so forth and so he was a guy that i just felt that okay if they can get him on campus then i think that they'll have a, a legitimate shot but you touched on the biggest thing right there was can someone get him out of the state of florida and i think a lot of that's going to depend on what those florida schools do does florida state bounce back under under new head coach mike norvell uh does manny diaz get it turned around at miami uh because you know after that after that bowl performance that they had in the indie bowl you know on top of on top of you know things just continue to slide at a downward trajectory in coral gaze in coral gables you have to wonder if if all of a sudden Manny Diaz being thrown into the hot seat, if that's going to have some effect on some of these Florida kids. And then obviously, of course you have Florida, you know, you have uh, Dan Mullen squad who, who most, who most feel like that they're going to have a, uh, you know, have, have a real good season in 2020. Some are even, or even uh, pegging them as this is the year that they're going to unseat Georgia in the East and make it to Atlanta. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to follow Lewis and to see if they're able to actually get him on campus. I will admit when I did do that projection, projection, I was basing it on a lot of ifs, if, 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 if. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I, I would, I wouldn't uh, call Caesar Sportsbooks and ask them, uh, ask them what the odds are on LSU getting him at this point. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's a it, the dead period you know will will throw some wrenches into this recruiting class both in ways where you know some of these in-state prospects maybe don't get the chance to go out of state whereas some will you know end up uh kind of sticking with that maybe that last school they visited out of state or whatnot uh terrence lewis one to watch as well for him i should mention in texas a&m a lot of confidence there on the Aggie side right now with where things stand, but that one kind of screams like it's got a long way to go. Uh, another one that I think LSU is kind of playing a little catch up on here, and and just from kind of talking with some different sources on the ground, is that uh, Aaron Willis, Saint Saint Francis Academy, the same high school that LSU signed Jordan Tolls out of in 2020, but also the same high school that they dropped Demond Clowney late in the process. Uh, out of so kind of an awkward uh, situation there with kind of how that went down with with Clowney late in the process but uh, I think he ended up with Ole Miss and and he's coming to the SEC anyway but look I mean he's somebody that he mentioned that he wanted to visit LSU but didn't feel like he was going to get the chance to this spring and he's visited Alabama I believe and Bama's got the crystal ball edge um, but yet he includes him in his top seven schools and uh, when when Brian Doan talked with him about those so it's kind of a weird recruitment that is, you know, still, I think in the early going stage, but a top 10 overall linebacker in the country. Yeah. I look at Willis. I look at Willis. We've got him listed at six foot 200 and, and I don't believe that's verified at a camp or anything like that. So if they're telling me he's six foot 200, okay. So we know, we know, we know he's probably five eleven at the time, uh, you know, at, at the time that profile was created, but I look at him, is he a good fit for Bo Pelini's four, three defense, you know, it, under Dave Aranda's three, four, where, where he's got the, uh, you know, he's got the field side outside linebacker, 
He's got some different, you know, some different things that he does with his linebackers. I just don't see Willis as a traditional four-three linebacker. Um, you know, he 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 could obviously prove me wrong. He's got a nice offer list that you look at, ranked the number nine outside linebacker in the country in the twenty-four-seven Sports Composite, number four in Maryland, one ten overall. But I look I look at him, and then I look at all the other, you know, at all the other guys on LSU's board at linebacker, and I'm just like. Eh, you know, could take it or leave it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't – I'm interested to see how his recruitment plays out because, like you said, he's kind of undersized. Um, not sure – he kind of might be this year's Demon Clowney. Might be, you know, highly rated right now and end up kind of slipping a little bit late in the process. But that's just kind of my two cents from watching his film and kind of seeing how things might play out. But um, he's certainly got a strong list of, uh, you know, who wants him and who's involved and things like that. So – um finally to wrap up the pod let's kind of talk about what we debated on the morning buzz to start this week off LSU's 2020 game that is the toughest on the schedule you went with what Sonny oh man roll tide oh man roll tide roll tide what (laughs) (laughs) you had a lot of the pod about to grab the pitchforks yeah, and, and I just, you know, and, and when I broke it down, man, when I broke it down, you know, I it's hard for me, it's hard for me to fathom how, you know, how how you can look at the schedule, you can look at the you can look at the series, you can look at the series that goes back a long way. And it's hard for me to look at it, to look at the schedule and say, oh, yeah, you know, I think this one's going to be I think this one's going to be tougher than uh, tougher than Alabama. Um, You know, obviously, we know that we have the, you know, the eight game losing streak that LSU snapped when they went to Tuscaloosa in 2019, came out with the 46 41 victory. But when you go back, you know. There was a there was a stretch in time, and while Bill, you probably you weren't even a thought at this point, but LSU had lost fifteen. LSU went fifteen straight games in Tiger Stadium without a victory. That started in nineteen seventy one, and a Nick Saban coach team ended that streak in two thousand. Overall, there's only one team that LSU has played that has a decided advantage in the series history and it's Alabama 53 26 and 5 so consistently beating those guys you know the guys in crimson and white has never been you know has never been an easy task i look at bama's offense i think that i think that mac jones him playing in in those big games that he played in towards the end of last year when tua got hurt I think that that's going to help him, uh, you know, going to help him in the process early on. He's still got a lot of weapons. He's got Najee Harris to give the ball to. And then, you know, Alabama's defense is going to be better than it was last year. Uh, Nick Saban, if there's one thing that he that he is, you know, probably kicking his dog over about three times a day, it's when he goes back and looks at the defensive play from last year on tape. And, uh, you know, that's just not his style. So so that that was the one that I went with i will say this that florida and in spoiler alert here you did pick florida and i almost went with florida i almost went with florida but after just looking at just looking at everything when you go lsu alabama you know after lsu beating them last year it, it was just hard to not go with that big red elephant yeah and I, I think from a talent perspective 
that game is the toughest, you know, I mean, especially with how much LSU lost. And I know Bama lost a lot, too. And we kind of talked about this on the board uh, in a couple different threads, of course, over the offseason already is is it, it is it's not much of a of a difference in terms of production and uh, starters and things like that, that LSU lost versus Bama. But it's also the guys that are coming back um, in the uh you know, off of the surgeries, your Dylan Moses is uh, a couple other guys that that Bama had lost before the season that ended up not starting for them that are now, you know, back in the fold. That'll make that a tougher game from a talent perspective. But I, I just think when you look at what Dan Mullins got uh, at Florida with Kyle Trask coming back, the game's on the road in the swamp, which is, you know, giving LSU some fits at times. It's a rivalry game, so it's good. everybody's going to be jacked up. It's actually the first true road game for LSU the season. They go on the road uh, in a neutral site to play, uh, I believe, uh, Rice uh, in Houston. So they pl- play that game on the road. Um, I might have that wrong. It might be UTSA or something like that. But um, LSU, It is Rice. It's Rice. Okay, so yeah. I had it right. Uh, but LSU's got to go on the road at Florida with Miles Brennan and his first action. And I kind of compared it to LSU at Auburn and Joe Burrow's first uh, year as a starter. How he responds in that game will kind of tell a lot in terms of how the rest of the season will go and certainly what LSU has at quarterback. So uh, that's why I think it's the toughest game. I don't see Texas as this, you know, monumental challenge, especially after LSU beat them last year, uh, replacing everything that LSU had lost off of that team that beat Texas is a tall task, but Texas has also lost a lot. They're turning, turning in brand new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So a lot of change for that unit uh, as they come into Baton Rouge. So I went with uh, LSU at Florida. Yeah, and, and for 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 everyone who who hasn't seen uh, who hasn't seen this piece that we did, um, Florida got 35% of the votes in our poll uh, from our go from our uh, go 24/7 fam who voted on it. Alabama got 51%. Texas, who Shady picked, got six and a half percent. Followed by Auburn at five and at Texas A&M at two. So I guess if there is one good thing, we know we picked the right teams because no one picked other. <laughs> Others got the big goose egg, baby. I'll always hold on to that. I'll hold on to that. Um, but yeah, that, and if you guys haven't been uh, on the board or you're looking for some good morning reading, we do have the morning buzz up every weekday. I go 24-7. Right around 8, 8 8.15 or so is when we've been pretty much getting it online. So I would uh, encourage you guys to check it out. Vote. Chime in. Let us know your thoughts on on whatever uh, subject we're debating. Or sometimes it might even be some uh, VIP tidbits for you guys. So be sure to check that out on uh, Go 24-7. Sonny, do you, uh, you got anything else for the pod today? We've been rolling for a while on this one. No man, it's uh no man, I've I've enjoyed it. It's been a uh been a little been a little bit since uh since you and I have done one and stuff. But no man, I've I've enjoyed it. Nice break and <clears throat> nice break from the uh you know from the little bit of normality that we do have in this abnormal situ- in this abnormal spot that we're in. But man, I just can't wait that uh, you know I I know that I know that things are things are tough for everyone right now. Things are slow for everyone right now. But as slow as, as as slow as it is in the sports world right now, I do believe that once we come that when we come out of this on the other side, and I think it's gonna you know I think it's gonna start happening sometime in May, and I think June when June gets here, 
man, there's going to be, there's going to be so much excitement. There's going to be so much looking forward to, uh, to, to the future and, and to have games back, to have sports back. It's such a big part of, of, of everyone's, uh, you know, daily lives to kind of get them away from their, from their, from their work, from problems that they're having. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, I guess if I've got a PSA, it's just everybody stay strong, stay tough, stay at home right now. And as slow as things are for you right now, this summer, I have a feeling is just going to be so jam packed. We're not going to have dog days of summer this summer, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you and, and I'm, I'm trying to keep a positive attitude about it now. Uh, and, and just trying to work you know, from home, stay at home and, and, you know, get some more walks in, uh, with the dog or, or, you know, do a garage workout and kind of, you know, break out of the house a little bit, but trying to stay positive here with the fam, uh, down in Florida, we're enjoying it. Uh, this extra family time that we, you know, probably wouldn't have gotten, uh, without this. So, uh, trying to look to the positives and, uh, I'm with you. I hope that this summer, uh, we're back to previewing the season, like it's happening on, you know, uh, the beginning of September and, and things are getting underway, uh, on, on time, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been fun. We'll do this again soon. We're gonna have another episode up of, of the pod later this week and, uh, be sure to look out for that one guys, but, uh, hope everyone's staying, stay, staying safe, staying healthy. And, um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. So sunny money, uh, talk to you next time. And, uh, thanks for listening guys.